3, 2, 1, roll the footage. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Simon Severino, your host. And today we have author and podcaster who runs a media and IP licensing company. She loves helping people move from friction to flow through smarter systems, powered by delightfully tiny teams. Welcome, everybody. Jenny Blake. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Thank you for having me. I love your podcast. I'm a listener of your podcast, Free Time. I just read the book and it's amazing. Free Time, people. Wonderful book. Grab it right now. And we will dive into the book, but we will also dive into many more things. You are a systemizing ninja, super pro, <laughs> and we love systems. And you have some systems that I was like, oh my God, I want to learn about this. The first one is the IP licensing system, but you have also delightful things like cards that give us permission. And uh, you have also fully operations manuals, operations mm. dashboards even. So this is a systems paradise, this episode. I'm so happy to have <laughs> you here. And um, Jenny, what are you currently up to? I love the idea of a systems paradise because probably all of your listeners love geeking out on systems and operational efficiency. That's why we love you, Simon. And sometimes people will say, oh, I'm not good at systems. I'm not good at that. Let me zoom out for even just a moment. The meta principle that underlies the entire book and podcast is that free time is not, it's a verb, it's a muscle. It is a skill that we build. How do we get better and better at freeing our time? Not just today, but far into the future. And systems are the way to do that. So I talk about, you know, when people say that free time is a time management or a productivity book, they're not wrong. But at the same time, those terms to me, time management, it's like we're micromanaging and stuffing our time and trying to get more out of our time and get more done in less time. And it's still very constricted. And I want to picture time like a bird in a cage. I want us to open the door and let this bird fly free. So how can we set our time free through smarter systems? Because when you put a strong system into place, it's harder not to use it. And ideally, you don't have to touch it. Again, of course, you need to tweak things just like you would give a car a tune-up. But you mentioned IP licensing. That's an example of a product and a revenue stream that came out of me asking, how can I, Jenny, not be the bottleneck in my business running around giving keynotes, in particular with my second book, Pivot, The Only Move That Matters is Your Next One. There was a lot of demand from companies, but ultimately, if they want to scale that IP internally at a company like Google with over 100,000 employees, probably many more by now, how do we do that? And so I, at that time in my business, I got really clear that I want all of my revenue, revenue streams to be one to many scalable, have a large impact, but still enable me to have a delightfully tiny team because I don't have any full-time employees. I say that I don't even work full-time. I don't really want, I'm not a great manager. I don't really want that overhead. So licensing was that perfect sweet spot of revenue, ease, and joy in my business. And I love this so much. Your, your productivity philosophy is really having a great life and having time for what matters. 
and that can change. That's why you want to have a tiny, tiny, delightfully tiny teams and smart <laughs> yes. systems that take care of stuff. And many people listening right now, and including myself, they go, oh, how can we, how can we separate time from income? Oh, if I just could have something that makes money while I sleep, right? Right. So, and, and you have found actually some, some working systems. And one is, yeah, use, let your IP work while you sleep, your intellectual property. Can you unpack that? The building blocks of that. And when we say IP, I wrote a book, Pivot. It includes a framework, the Pivot Method. It's a framework to help people map what's next. The main two channels of that are helping individuals within a company or entrepreneurs too, but helping individuals map what's next and helping managers get better at having one-on-one -on -one career conversations. Those two streams of the Pivot Method, those two applications have been very popular in companies. So one, having a method or a framework, Two, having it be really simple. Like some people think licensing is throw in the kitchen sink. You need to give them everything you've got. Less is more. The idea is, can this company take on this material and have anointed trainers within the company be able to facilitate sessions even when I'm not around and have self-study resources? Like I have a pivot workbook where some companies will upload that to their internal system and say, okay, this is a self-guided career toolkit for their team members. So the IP piece, I was really intentional writing the book I, that took me three years with Pivot and also building a brand and investing in brand, brand strategy, the visual voice, because as Warren Buffett talks about building a moat, or maybe it was Charlie Munger who said it, one of those two, of the moat around your business. I think that brand and framework help build a moat to differentiate why is my career development framework any better than the other hundred that are out there? The more I build the brand, the more I champion the IP, yes, as the thought leader, but also on the website, it's very clear that this is not Jenny Blake's personal brand website. The Pivot website is pivotmethod.com, and you will not see me just dancing around in different outfits. I'm not that prominent on the website because I want to put the ideas first, and yes, I created them, and yes, I run the business, but I'm not necessarily the one delivering it all. So just like you, Simon, if people want one-on-one -on -one coaching, I don't do that any longer. I have a team of subcontractors who deliver the coaching. Everything is scalable. And in some ways, you're right. It is that dream of having passive income. So I'm always looking for how do we, even with our coaching clients and our licensing clients, so whether it's a company, how do we get it on a recurring revenue basis. So the licensing is an annual recurring subscription. Even with our one-on-one -on -one clients, they're paying on a monthly retainer, good until canceled. So even the private community that I run, the people are billed monthly. So that recurring revenue is another piece of designing the way that these programs work. I love it because it's, it's both simple, but it also creates that steady cash flow that makes you relax, right? You're, you're not mm -hmm. in this intense building energy. You are in a very relaxed energy. You have something that works, yeah. makes people happy. You have your life uh, and enough time for that. And, and I was even challenged while listening to your episode about the IP licensing. I was like, oh, hey, look at this. I could even simplify mine much more because my certification mm. is 60 days and I actually wow. supervise them every day. And then yes. they become part of my team. 
and your licensing is one and done. Here it is, you find it, licensed to one corporation and then they can use it, they can scale it, I'm happy. So even, even there is potential to simplify even, it can be. Definitely. And I appreciate, I really loved hearing about your certification process. I love how rigorous it is, especially when you're training one to many kind of external contractors and consultants who are representing you and your business and your brand. I understand why your process is so rigorous because they are representing you. It's a little different. Like for me, I realized I actually didn't want to build a business where I was supporting a thousand subcontractors who I've trained in the method. That was too intense for me, too many people. So if I license to companies, I only need three, four, five clients at any given time. So it's just less to manage. I, I can work with just, you know, a couple points of contact, touch base throughout the year, but even licensing doesn't come with my time. Consulting or keynote speaking is separate to our licensing agreement. So even there, the temptation with licensing people, it's sometimes six figure checks and the, has a t the temptation is I better throw in 50 consulting hours and all these extra things. No, they're licensing the material. My time, Jenny time is separate. And what the companies want is less is more, like I said. So when I do a train the trainer in a company, it's a day and a half and they don't want any more than that. They can't take their managers away any longer than that. And that was very challenging for me, just like you. I was challenged by, oh my goodness, but this is my precious material. How can anyone possibly be equipped to teach Pivot after just a day and a half? And I had to slowly let go of that. One of the benefits of licensing and enabling, empowering other people to teach it, especially within a company, is that they're able to make the material their own for that company's culture in a way that I couldn't as an outsider. So they've pivoted many times internally. Any facilitator will bring all of their own stories to the forefront. And I realized it was less important that they memorize the intricacies of every single aspect of pivoting and the pivot method. And more important that they personalize it. They facilitate a process where I've handed them a facilitator guide and the slides. And anything else that happens is often for the best. You know, it's like I realized only many years into this that it's hard for it to go wrong and to just trust the process. And it also enables people to teach in other languages. So it's just mm -hmm. the the IP, the ideas themselves can spread so much farther. That's the next when you thing do that you companies. came up with. You said, yeah. oh yeah, sure, you want to translate it in another language. Sure, I give you right. the permission. All the work yeah. on them. If they're on an annual, yes, if they're on a recurring subscription, and if I really want it, I mean, you can even go next level where you partner, where you have global partners. So you find like a training and development firm in France and you say, I want you to be the exclusive licensee of Pivot in French for the French market, you know, and, and then they can resell the IP. Again, that was a little more complicated than I have figured out, at least until this point. But when I'm working with a company like Chanel and they want to translate their materials, they're already licensing and they want to translate to French, I have no problem with that. I feel very happy that they can reach people in a way that is even easier for those participants to grasp. Two of my highlights from the book were the fidget test and the permission <laughs> cards. We have to go there after one word from our sponsors. What if your business would run well even when you are on vacation? Discover how 1,600 business owners have regained their freedom 
using the strategy sprint's blueprints. How they enjoy living their dream and watching their business scale. Get the exact checklists they use to go from stressed to fulfilled using the strategy sprint's method. Order your copy of Strategy Sprint's 12 Ways to Accelerate Growth for an Agile Business on Amazon today. And if you love it, leave us a review. For more information, head over to strategysprints.com. What's the Fiji test? The Fiji test is something that I've had for over a decade now where in the very early days of my business, I mentioned being the bottleneck and it was so stressful because if I got sick or I needed to take a step back, I needed a creative recharging, everything ground to a halt, including all revenue to the business because I was the one facilitating it all as a solopreneur service provider. And I also realized that if I brought on team members, what I didn't want was to have to repeat myself if they left. So there was one person that I worked with for five years in my business, and the two of us had a lot in our head. We tried to document along the way. But the Fiji test is, could anybody in the business, whether the owner, a VA, anybody, get whisked to Fiji with no devices, no ability to give notice for three weeks and go off the grid? Could could we step in and do their role? So my team knows this was a thought exercise they had in their mind every day at all times was the Fiji test. Because what happens, then COVID hits, and let's say someone gets sick and they're out for two weeks. That's not the time to create documentation and to make it easy for us to step in and fill in for you. So the Fiji test means that as we work, we document every single thing so that at any time, if we were to get, because I didn't want to keep saying, what if I get hit by a bus? <laughs> let, me, let me say that. The reason it's a Fiji vacation is that I didn't want to keep repeating the thought, what if I get hit by a bus over and over? It would have been thousands of times by now in a 12-year-old business. And so the Fiji test was just a positive spin on Much better. a surprise. We're whisked away. Can we step in and do your job? Can even a stranger to the business step in and know what to do? And this has come in handy many times when someone's surprisingly out sick or they want to take days off. It reduces stress for everybody involved because it's all already up to date and easy to find information. I like the reframing. And you might even <laughs> say, what if one of our VAs buys an island and goes there for six I months? Love Could that. I do it? <laughs> yes, I love that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's your new Fiji test is buying. <laughs> Yours can be the buying an island test. Yes. The, the other thing is permission so important that we give ourselves permission and you have created a tool that can help us with that well every chapter in free time there's 27 total of principles operating principles to run a high net freedom business and we have to give a hat to of course to tim ferris for our work week i loved how fun that book was how he made business and these types of systems thinking fun the reason that every chapter has a permission slip is I realize that for so many business owners, it's we don't need to do more. We actually need to do less mm -hmm. and drop what I call in the book, sailing the sea of shiny shoulds. There are so many shoulds that create time clutter in our lives, in our calendar. Even uh, one of my first episodes of the new year was talking about entropic bloat. And I talk about giving your business a haircut because the forces of entropy mean that things are descending into chaos unless otherwise acted upon. So just like an old house, our business and the systems, just like a car, they're going to kind of slowly fall apart until we intervene. 
And I, the reason I call it entropic bloat is that our businesses just grow, just we accumulate like people and process and programs. And it, it's more rare that we give it the haircut and stop things than it is we just keep piling on to what is. And so then it gets bloated and bureaucratic and we get bored and burnt out and all the bad things. So the permission slips are that, hey, I actually, again, going back to the flipping time management on its head, I, I don't want you to manage more. I want you to do less. So every chapter is a permission to just drop something that might not be working anymore, but you're doing out of habit or a feeling that you should or some relic of the status quo that's not necessary any longer. I love this. And people listening, this is so much more deeper than 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 most things on productivity or systems. Mm. This is you can innovate by letting go. Yes. Which is so powerful because there is a an abundance in there. There is actually nothing missing and there is actually nothing to do. I love that. And you know the the, the big spiritual traditions come from that place. And you have you have built this book with the permission slips with that abundance mindset. Is actually you don't yes. have to do so much. Allow yourself right. to have breathing, have margin, right? Have net freedom. Yes. yes. And margin, margin and, and buffer is so important. And I find that sometimes when we're looking at our calendar, I call it calendar design because one of the first ways to free your time is be much more intentional with your calendar design. And it's almost like sometimes people hesitate to leave vast open space on their calendar. It's almost like, well, if there's space there, it's meant to be filled. Actually, no, we need to leave two times as much, three times as much margin and buffer than we think, because that's when the really deep work happens. And Part of the permission slip is saying, what if the opposite were true? So, you, you know, we have this fear. Well, if I, if I do less, I'll earn less. What if the opposite were true? What if I do less in my business and I earn more? And I love the book Essentialism by Greg McCown, specifically one diagram. He talks about our energy and our focus. And one diagram looks like a sunshine. There's the circle and all the arrows pointing out. It's a bunch of short arrows, let's say 10 short arrows. And on the other side, there's a circle and there's one arrow and it's 10 times as long as any of those short ones. And I think about that all the time, that if I can just continue mm. the practice of doing less and less and less, then the one thing I'm focused on can be so much better. Whether it's the podcast, the next book I'm writing, I would rather write a book than be on social media and have death by a thousand cuts. So one of my permission slips to myself is I'm not active on social media, which some people think is ludicrous. How can you run a business without it? But I don't know. I'm still here, still standing. <laughs> Absolutely. So it powerful. can be done. And in, uh, Elon Musk says the best part is just no parts or one part, because as you say, everything breaks and becomes complicated. And um, I have found also that simplifying uh, has made life so much easier, but mm. also the business results better. So for example, we have only one program that's it. And a community around so it. That's it. These are the two things. If I write the book, it's about the topic of the program. Um, when I wake up in the morning and I, I say, oh, I don't, I don't feel like doing my yoga. And then I do it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm proud that I still did it. Where do I post it? In my community. 
That's the first I place I think about. And so my life is now so simple. The morning starts with sharing with the community what's going on. During the day, we serve people who are in the program. In the evening, we have a community event. Um, it's such a simple life, but at the same time, quite impactful. I loved when you were talking about that on the Free Time Podcast. It stood out so much of one of the biggest things that you do with other businesses when you work with them is get them to simplify as well. Stop doing the 10 things, figure out what's actually working and really double down on that. And it's so cool to hear how your experience of having done that in your business has been so positive. I honestly could probably do more simplification, but I have all these legacy, pretty passive streams. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think about this a lot. I just haven't had the courage to cut any of them off yet because they all, they're, they're humming along okay in the background. But I think it's a very interesting question. Someone else I spoke to said in her business, I only ever sell one thing. That's so powerful, like to just eliminate old products, old courses, old services, old, even former clients that don't fit that new thing. And it's like, what would it look like if you only sold one thing? Just such a powerful inquiry. And that's in, in that sun with those arrows. That's all in yes. there. It's such a beautiful right. metaphor. The, the other thing that I wanted to share you run a beautiful community the bff community tell us about it i've had this community now for almost eight years which is really incredible we've shifted we've changed names over the years it's currently is bff so they're they're my business besties and it's really a place for heart-based business owners who want to stay delightfully tiny with their team and their back-end infrastructure and operations and yet still make a big impact with their ideas. So just like yours, it's, it's where we come together, share resources, ask for recommendations. I do a monthly Q and A call. The next week we do what I call Brilliant Sparter Live, which is basically just rotating hot seats in breakouts. So people get that time to meet each other, but also, you know, in an hour and a half call, they get two challenges that they're facing, get input from other people. So, and then I have a private podcast feed. All of this has evolved over the years. What you said, Simon, though, is how I feel. I, social media is too overwhelming for me, but with the community, we're all moving in the same direction. And I just love how Gina Bianchini, the founder of Mighty Networks, she just has a new book out called Purpose. She talks about community is, it's not a one and done topic that you master. It's we're all on the journey together of uncovering, like how can we set our time free through smarter systems? This is an ongoing inquiry. This is something we're all living together. We're together creating the future that we wanna see. And it's less about me being the expert, teaching everyone and everyone doing more. It's that everyone in the community is valuable. I love how she says each person in the right setup, each person, makes a community exponentially more valuable because they bring their expertise, their experience, their perspective. And uh, yeah, so thanks for asking about it. It's a really a fun part of what I do. And that is, by the way, because I don't do one-on-one -on -one coaching anymore, the community is the main place that anybody who really resonates with the ideas, that's where they go. And that's another example of scalable, one-to-many, recurring revenue in terms of the back end of how it's set up. And yet that's my place where I get to connect with people on an ongoing basis. And 
You know, for me, this is my newest thing. Uh, community building, com- being a community host. I never yeah. knew that this is a job or this is something that I, I should do. It just happened. But yeah. now um, I'm, it's, it's changing me. Because, so cool. because a- a- as you say, it's about the idea and it becomes a vehicle for something that's bigger. And so mm. when, when that atmosphere, that energy comes in and then you start learning, so, oh, wow, what is here? And every day there's new stuff coming in and happening. And it becomes like self-development because yeah. uh, the work as a host is to get out of the way and to become a... Uh, a vehicle for whatever yeah. is in there, right? To grow, and it's different skills than building a business or building a brand. It's different. That's true. Techniques. That's so true. I know, and it is a balance of how to be present, and people are there partly for you, inspired by you and your ideas. But then I really like the advice. I took a community design masterclass with Gina Bianchini and Mighty Networks even though sadly I'm on circle. So that was kind of, I, I just ultimately decided to go circle. I'm sorry, what's going on there? I know, I think it's, they've been around for so long and they've got a lot of kind of legacy software, I think in the back end in terms of complexity. But what I love is they said, if you're the community leader, don't be the first to answer on the posts. Like, because that just models, oh, that's me, I'm the expert I know. And so I that great tip of just don't be the first one to jump in and respond. Wait a couple days, let everybody else have a chance, and then you can chime in. How this is so important. And also, this is exactly what I am learning. And also oh, cool. the when you facilitate right? Find a way that other people rotate the hot potato, make sure that they ask everybody for inclusion. Don't be the person that says, now it's Peter, now it's Janna, now it's... Oh, that's smart. Because otherwise you're going, you're going one step back. And so in all these micro Mm. moments, how you design the flow of the events and exactly, and who posts first in all these micro events, you are either... Um, you know, carrying the spirit of the community or you are putting yourself on top of it. A very different community. So let me ask you a question. Do you have live calls with your community where you are showing up in in a leadership context? My question is, how do you give the right, how do you, Simon, think about giving the balance between being a strong facilitator, giving what's on your mind, what you're learning, Sometimes my fear, not fear, but when I open it up too, too much, I feel the flow. It's not as tight. It's kind of not sure that the session sometimes can wander or things take too long. And so I don't know. I kind of wonder, but then I never want to be the person just talking at people for an hour mm-hmm. either, of course. Yes. How do you juggle that? Wonderful, because this is the live live lab. We are actually talking about what we are learning right now and building right yeah. now. So. I use, a, I, I use a tool that visualizes the agenda now. And I think mm-hmm. if I have one hour event and we have every 14 days an event in, in that group, if I have a one hour event, I think three hours about the, the flow. Amazing. So it's a three to one ratio. Um, and even being a, a very experienced facilitator, I always think about how can I make this even more... Um, the geometry of it even better. Mm. So, for example, 
starting with um, icebreakers. Then um, instead of whatever we would do before, then having some voting mm. from the voting about the topic and then having the, the topic come out of that voting. Then first oh. breakout rooms where they um, have a format like, like your brilliance format and then mm -hmm. they come back and they present the other's question, not, not their question, but the question of the other person. Oh, cool. I so love that's, that. That's the first 15 minutes. Then going I into the that. main topic of the day, they're making sure that there is a mechanism for them to pass the baton. Mm -hmm. So I have to think first, okay, what's a model that's simple enough that they just see it in the chat and, and they then use it? So I have to simplify models. Then there's the core thing. Then I have to look at the energy. Is the energy high enough? Is it tight mm -hmm. enough? Or do I need to intervene? Mm -hmm. Hopefully I don't need to intervene. And then how to close it properly. And in the mm -hmm. end, what's working very well for, for us right now, the, the last round is now one word or sentence yes. that somebody else said that resonates with you. I love that. So I do that again, too. Now you're again building community in the end. Yes. And so I'm tr I'm finding these micro things and th the, this last bit and the beginning, they work very well. But every week I'm thinking about this, actually. Yeah, I know, right? It's like always, I, I do too. And I love how much you prepare for those. I like kicking off. I say, what's one word to describe how you're doing today? And they'll even can share in the chat, even if we don't do it out loud. And then at the end, we share one insight and one next step. It could be an and or. You could share one or the other. But then sometimes I'll say like popcorn, call on, you call on the next person. And what that does, I realized, is that kind of helps people pay attention because you could get called on at any time and you need to remember who has not gone yet. So it kind of is a way to like, it, not only it brings everybody back together, but also sharing an insight and a next step we can all learn from each other what are you taking away oh and it kind of reinforces the gems that came from that call and it creates more connection between them yes that's that's, that's the design true. of it and yeah. yes if you know universities and courses where i can go and get even better i'm i'm jumping in directly there this, this is a fascinating topic yeah check out the community design masterclass it's really good it's really cool. good cool yeah wow so so the next thing is you have put a lot of love into building an operations dashboard, but not just building it yes. for you. You are sharing this with the world. Yes, I. this was important to me. So when someone reads free time, the free time toolkit is free and it's built entirely in Notion because Notion completely changed the nature of how I run my business. It simplified things tremendously to where I could stop, as I say in the book, Frankenstringing software together. Notion for me replaced Google Docs, Sheets, Airtable, Asana, Evernote, and more. And now my entire business, what I love about Notion, and I think any good operations software should be searchable, customizable, and interlinkable. The problem with running your business and even the Fiji test, having documentation in so many different apps, like even if it's across Docs, Sheets, and Airtable, you still don't know where to look. 
for what you need. Or you have stuff in Asana as far as the tasks and projects, but you have to click a link to get to how to do that work. And that was driving me crazy. So one of the products that I sell on the free time side of the business is a done for you business operations dashboard. Because when you open Notion, it's really intimidating. It's just a blank page with a blinking cursor. And it can be hard to get over that learning curve. So the done for you operations dashboard is now three years of honing every database, every page that a business owner might need, at least as a jumping off point, so that it's much easier to get going to just centralize and collect everything, make it your own. It includes a CRM, it includes a task manager, it includes manager manual for documentation, different business areas. There's even, I've thrown in personal templates like travel plans. Anything I create goes into the dashboard because I thought, what's the best way to free time for people who read the book? Just give it, you know, like I do sell the, the again, the toolkit's free, there's a ton in there. But as far as the dashboard, it's like, I want people to be able to invest a little bit and save themselves 200 hours of learning Notion and customizing, tweaking, things like that. So I figure that's another way that I can help business owners just set their time free so they can focus on the work that they are most passionate about. Oh, this is wonderful. And how is your experience? Because we use Notion only as a high level you know, we can talk advanced now. Uh, yeah. The we knows we use Notion only as high level, like a wiki description of mm -hmm. all processes. No task management. Task management yeah. is intentionally in Asana um, mm -hmm. because that clutters a lot, and there's a lot of stuff. Click, 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 and this and this and discussion. And so this way, Notion is a clean, nice to look at high-level overview versus mm -hmm. the real work is in Asana and the communication is in Slack. But you said, no, 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 let me bring everything in one place. Yeah, for me, so the manager manual is still very clean and I can even, let's see, I wonder, I know if someone's listening to this, you won't be able to see it, but uh, Simon, if you want, I can just show for a sure. second to give you a sense. So. I'll walk it, walk anyone through that if you're not, uh, if you're only listening on audio, but basically you can still have areas of Notion that are very clean. So I'm showing a manager manual that's set up as a Kanban board. And so if you click on any card, like our BFF community or the dashboard, it's exactly how to run that part of the business. And so what I like in Notion is that you can still have areas that are very clean and easy to look at, but any page can talk to any other page. You can at link other pages, databases, people. And so when we're working, I'm, we're able to very easily at reply relevant pages. And so that's something I really appreciate. And then within a given page, you can comment and out reply. So I also, it reduced the need to use Slack because we're able to just talk within any given task of what's going on. So if I'm facilitating an event, I have a lot of favorites, um, but let's say I'm delivering a keynote, we have everything that we need in templates even. And when we wanna talk about this event, instead of going over to Slack and splitting information about a given event into two places, now it's all just in the one consolidated card because that's the other thing 
I think about our future self. So a year from now, if I want to remember what all went down for a certain speaking client, I don't want to have to look at Help Scout and Slack and Notion and a task manager to understand how did this event flow? What do we do? What do we communicate? It's all in the Notion card. And we even started saving email correspondence with corporate clients in their card in Notion so that we could even go revisit the templates of how we negotiated something or how we worked out parameters. So again, so that the business gets smarter over time and that a year from now, we know exactly how to reference what went down rather than cobbling it together from four different softwares. Super powerful. And if if you want to sell the business, you just show, hey, this is the business. Right. This is, this, here it is, which make it so much easier, right, to assess what it is. And, and everything gets easier because as the owner, you're then answering fewer questions as well yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis that it enables my team members to know where to find things. So it does free up time and energy as well because everybody's less confused, more empowered to do their job, can more easily search, can more easily communicate, can focus more. There's just so much benefit. And like you said, of course, it does help the business be more saleable. And by reducing all that clutter and just management layer, um, you enjoy running the business more as well because it's all there and easy to find and jump from one place to the next. And one other thing that I learned on your podcast is you had a process of, hmm, should I sell the business? And then you decided, right. no, I'm not. I could, yeah. but no, I'm not going to do it. Would you like to walk us through the process? Sure. I did an episode, yeah, of free time on why I stopped trying to sell the pivot side of the business. We talked about focus. And there was part of me that was getting self-conscious that now you heard me in the episode, I describe it as being on skis in my business because I have two big bodies of work. I, I have a first book, Life After College, but I didn't really build out as much, kind of fits in the pivot umbrella. But I have pivot, licensing, coaching, speaking, you know, podcast. And the podcast is eight years old now, and it has a much bigger listenership than the free time podcast. So I was hesitant to shut down any one part of the business pivot business. And yet I was worried, am I diluting my focus by having two big bodies of work, pivot and free time. And so there was a time in early 2021 where I just started exploring what would it look like to either bring in some kind of CEO type person or sell the business. And with the CEO, I didn't have anyone internally that I had already been teaching and training. So that felt like a multi-year process and a lot of risk involved just a lot of time teaching and training. And then the idea of selling the business, it wasn't quite at a point where I could. I love the book Built to Sell by John Warlow, and I love his podcast too, Built to Sell Radio. I didn't quite have enough recurring clients and didn't quite have high enough annual recurring revenue across all revenue streams, I think, to truly make it saleable. And I just realized I didn't have the energy to do what the business needed, which was go out and focus on growth and outbound sales and really trying to land new clients and onboard more clients. As a primarily creative person, you know, and a builder, that's just not in my interest zone. And I've tried to subcontract that out. I've tried to have, we've tried all kinds of experiments, but ultimately I'm just happy with what is on that side with what comes in and just wasn't in a place to really do the grind in order to sell it 
but of course I wouldn't say no if someone came with a very, very compelling offer. <laughs> I would at least explore it. And now myself and many listeners go, oh my God, where can I get this dashboard? It's so cool. Everything in one place. Oh my God, it solves so many problems. Where can they grab it? That's at itsfreetime.com slash dashboard. And again, if you want all the free Notion tools and templates that go with the book and a lot of what Simon and I have discussed, that's at itsfreetime.com slash toolkit. And thank you for holding up the book too. It's such You're a beautiful amazing. book. Look at this. People, this, this is not a book. Look at this. This is a work of love That's so sweet. and art. This is, look at this, the colors, each page. I cannot I cannot describe it. If you're listening, I cannot describe oh, it to you. You have so to watch cool. it on YouTube because each page is done with so much love and beautiful design. Look, they she, they thought about the chapters and visualizing the the three chapters. It's beautiful. That means so much. Thank you, Simon. I had a lot of fun with book design on this. And because I did hybrid publishing, I was able to just spend my heart's content on all these bells and whistles like the bookmark the ribbon and the gold foil on the cover yeah. i wanted the gold foil confetti i love what the design team came up with like free time it's a business running a business can be joyful and a celebration and that gold foil to me is like really about how precious our time is like we know the phrase time is money but time is so much more meaningful even than that so i'm just i'm thrilled that you love it thank you totally and 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 when it came here it was in a beautiful package with fun stuff <laughs> and badges etc and i was like wow how much dedication she put into this thank and you i guess you have a system for that you you didn't you know put, like hours and hours <laughs> you know what's funny because of the so this book was getting printed at the end of 2021 right when we were still in the thick of supply chain problems and the cost of paper was spiking and so i thought i would have the printed books back mid-October of 2021. And instead, they didn't come until late January. And the book was coming out in March of 2022. And so those three or four months that I was just waiting kind of nervously, when are these books going to arrive? I started ordering all this swag. I started making pins and pens and like <laughs> designing postcards. And I just like, I think that was my way of procrastinating was like ordering a bunch of fun little trinkets that I'm so happy. Like I do love when it can spark joy for somebody opening the book. And again, having, I love just in general in business, surprising people or creating, a, making you smile, you know, or something that just you don't see coming. Like mostly when we get books, yeah, they're not mailed in any very exciting way. And it does cost money, but why wouldn't I invest more to make your day, Simon? You know, like if, if I can help you get something in the mail and it like sparks joy for you, that's a big win for me. And it's worth the extra time and investment and systems to do that. It really sparks joy. Free thank time, you. everybody, Jenny Blake. And <laughs> oh, check also the podcast, you. Free Time. It's, it's such an, a wonderful podcast that I listen to every week uh, on my runs. And today I was listening on the morning run beautiful podcast free time everybody jenny blake well i appreciate you saying that and simon was the one of the most recent guests so check out episode 155 for his good stuff on we talked even more about how he scales his business by certifying coaches so i really am so thankful for you sharing that on free time thank you simon thank you jenny for being here please yeah. come back soon sounds great thanks everybody for listening and watching 
Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprints.com. What if your business would run well even when you are on vacation? Discover how 1,600 business owners have regained their freedom using the Strategy Sprints blueprints. How they enjoy living their dream and watching their business scale. Get the exact checklists they use to go from stressed to fulfilled using the Strategy Sprints method. Order your copy of Strategy Sprints 12 Ways to Accelerate Growth for an Agile Business on Amazon today. And if you love it, leave us a review. For more information, head over to strategiesprints.com.